Come forward. Wonderful. And let's, <clears throat> during Advent, we have four candles.
and we light one each Sunday, and the first Sunday of Advent, we light the candle of hope. John, will you take this and help your son light the second candle, which is the candle of peace. peace. Say it again, the candle of peace. There. And the third candle is the candle of joy. And the last candle, the candle of love. But tonight is a very special night because we have another candle, a fifth candle. And that one is the candle that we light tonight is the Jesus candle. Because on this night in Bethlehem, our Savior Jesus was born. Let's pray together. Almighty God, you made this morning light shine with the brightness of the true light. Grant that here on earth we may walk in the light of Jesus' presence and in the last day wake to the brightness of his glory. Through your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit. One God, now and forever. Amen. Let's rise and sing, O come, O ye
People who walked in darkness have seen a great light. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Those who dwelt in the land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. We have beheld Christ's glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given. In him was life. And the light was the light of all people. May the grace and truth of Christ be with you. And also with you. You may be seated.
The Christmas Prophecy from Isaiah, chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. second reading this evening um, is the Christmas story. It comes from Luke chapter 2 verses 1 through 7. In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be enrolled. This was the first enrollment when Quirinius was governor of Syria and all went to be enrolled each to his own city. 
And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was the house and lineage of David, to be enrolled with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to be delivered. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. Please stand. Christmas story from Luke 2, chapters 8 through 20. And in that region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Be not afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will come to all the people. For to you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will, be, you will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them in heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known to the saying which had been told to them the concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary kept all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told to them. I 
think we still need your little boy, John. Are there any other children? Would anybody like to be a child tonight? And uh, come on, Paul. Wonderful. And Diane? I don't want John to feel out, man. Yeah, good. Back when I was a pastor here, I had to try and figure out some way, some special way, to talk to children on Christmas Eve. And I know that when you just say words, you forget them. But sometimes when you sing, you can remember stuff. So I became a song composer. All right? That's 35 years ago. And every time I get a chance to be the pastor on Christmas Eve, we sing that song again. I thought I would probably never get to do it again until this place called me and said, will you come back to Shepherd of the Valley? I couldn't say no, <laughs> because I wanted to sing this song again. <laughs> see when I went to the barn I saw some things huh animals we'll start with animals what kind of animals sheep what does sheep say what does sheep say <laughs> I saw sheep baying what else? What other animals I saw? Donkeys. donkeys. What do donkeys say, Paul? Yeah. <laughs> I saw donkeys. Eon. What else? I saw. Cows. I saw. What does cows say? Mooing. Again, I saw cows. Mooing. Now the chorus. I came to the barn to see baby Jesus. I came to the barn to see. I came to the barn to see baby Jesus. I came to the barn to see. 
Angels. What were angels doing? <laughs> Let's just say they were singing. They were singing hallelujah. I saw angels singing hallelujah. And then there was something flying around in the air. Doves. What did doves say? Coo. I saw doves cooing. I saw angels singing hallelujah. I came to the barn to some people uh, shepherds what do they do sheep I saw shepherds tending their sheep other people there I saw Mary, mother Mary I saw Father Joseph, and most of all, I saw
the Christmas story as written by Luke. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. These are thy holy words, Heavenly Father. Sanctify us in thy truth, for thy word is eternal truth. Amen. You may be seated. Beginning in 1973, for the 46th time, this family of Shepherd of the Valley Lutheran Church gathers to commemorate the birth of the Lord Jesus. For the 41st time, I am privileged to preach a Christmas Eve sermon, 10 of which were here from 87 to 96. And now tonight, my privilege to preach my 11th here. In 1970, this goes back when I was pastor at Messiah Lutheran in Vancouver, when I was younger and perhaps a bit sharper, I did the entire Christmas Eve sermon in meter and rhyme using "'Twas the night before Christmas and all through the house not a not even man did I work hard on that sermon the whole sermon was in meter and rhyme which in my biased opinion was probably the best thing I've ever written or preached someone after the midnight service, apparently thought it was halfway decent because the next morning when I went to the pulpit to begin the Christmas morning sermon, knowing that my Christmas Eve manuscript was left there, but it wasn't someone had lifted that wonderful masterpiece which I could never reproduce. Those were days before computers. It was done on a typewriter, one of a kind. And like I said, perhaps the best thing I'd ever written, lost to me forever, which perhaps, if I had it, I'd be tempted to use it tonight. But you're spared of that. I say that I might have used it because for us pastors putting together a Christmas Eve sermon is the hardest sermon 
of the year. Why? Because Christmas Eve is such an important event, changing the course of history. Out of Judaism, Christianity is born in Bethlehem in a stable with a little baby swaddled, lying in a manger. That chattering event has changed the course of our world. And so it's sort of difficult for me to put into words just how significant and important a sermon on Christmas Eve is or ought to be. I can't say that I understand that how it could be that somewhere, someplace, there is a creator that somewhere, someplace, God resides, who made all this happen. It's beyond, it's beyond what I can reason out and understand and comprehend. But the alternative is even more distant, that there is no creator, and that somehow all of this just happened, that I just happened out of nowhere, that you just came out of nowhere. That explanation of our origin goes way, way, way beyond anything that I can believe just a little bit, that I'm a freak, maybe, of nature, that I just happened. Yet, I try to understand, I try to figure out, I try to comprehend, something about my origin. My, where did I come from? And who am I? But in my senior years, I'm feeling less of a need to understand and have it explained in a rational way that I can accept. What happened in Bethlehem turned everything upside down. It ushered in the beginning of a whole new ball game beyond human comprehension. But it's an irrefutable reality. Jesus is not 
some imaginary person that somebody dreamed up and wrote a book about. Jesus is recorded in history, secular history, beginning his life in a barn, in a feeding trough, a manger. The part of me that wants to rely on reason to verify the reality of a God, of a creator God, likes the fact that Jesus could walk on water. Wow, that's something supernatural. I can't do it, but he did it. My reasoning ability likes the story of how he once turned water into wine at the marriage feast in Cana, of how he fed 5,000 people with five loaves of bread and two little fish. There's something supernatural happening. My rational brain warms up to the account of Lazarus being raised from the dead the blind given sight and the lepers healed. Story after story after story. Miracle after miracle after miracle. But none of that cuts it for me because it doesn't rationally prove anything. I do not live by attempts to believe what I can reason out. I do not live by attempts to rationally prove the divinity of Jesus as God's only begotten Son. But I live and I walk in the wonder in the mystery, in the thrill of the unknown, that somewhere, someplace, there is a creator. Beyond my ability to comprehend, I didn't just happen. You didn't just happen. You've maybe been waiting for that word. I'm getting to it, maybe anticipating it, the church word, the word from the Bible that challenges reason, that defies reason. The word, a simple word, faith, a simple word but not so simple. I live not by reason, I live by faith. That's the Christmas story. That's what Christmas is all about. It's about believing the unbelievable. I don't have to understand. 
It doesn't make sense to many. But I don't live by what makes sense. I live by faith. Faith is not a narcotic that gets one high. Faith is not, as Karl Marx defined it, the opiate of the people. Faith is not about the miracles Jesus performed. They don't prove his divinity. Faith is about who Jesus is. Faith is about the miracle, not that he performed, but the miracles that he is. The miracle, now here's a church word, the miracle of the incarnation. The creator God choosing to take human form, choosing to come to planet Earth, unbelievable, rationally unbelievable, but by faith, believable. God taking human form, like you, like me, Jesus. God, lying in a manger, swaddled in cloth, like we once were by our mothers. God, walking and living in Bethlehem, walking the streets as we walk the streets of Beaverton. Wow. Wow. And all of it, unfathomable beyond, beyond reason, beyond our human thought, but believable by faith. When I was a pastor here, as I said earlier, a little boy asked his mom, what's that thing hanging around your neck? That little boy was in church four o'clock at worship this afternoon at four. I'll tell you who he was in a minute. He said to his mother, what's that thing around your neck? She said, I listen to people's hearts with this. The little Boy said, Mommy, Pastor Owl says, me, Pastor Al, Pastor Owl, the little kids call me Owl. Pastor Owl says that Jesus lives in our hearts. And so she took her stethoscope, put the earpieces in his ears, and the bell upon her heart. Hayden Plinky, that football player that played at El Paso, Texas, who was just about 
drafted into the NFL, came that close. Big guy sat right over here at four o'clock. He listened to his mommy's heart and his eyes lit up and he said, I can hear Jesus. I can hear Jesus. Just like Pastor Al said, he lives in our hearts. Many times his mother, who designed the lights back here, who died of cancer just two or three years ago, a wonderful mother and wife. I spoke with Brenda many times about that story of her little four-year-old, Hayden. And she said, yeah, and he still hears Jesus in my heart and in his daddy's heart. And he even says he hears Jesus in his heart. I asked Hayden, he didn't know I was going to talk about him tonight. I asked him after the service, you remember that story? He didn't remember it. I can't explain what it's like. For those who maybe say to me, you live by faith. Show me how to live by faith. And I don't know what to say because it happens here and it happens to all of us in different ways, different places and different times, different stages in our life. I can't understand it but I know I've got it faith I can only live in the mystery and the wonder and the thrill the unknown thrill of what it's like to live by faith This is Christmas Eve, eh? The night of the greatest miracle this world has ever known. The creator, born as a baby, born as a human. And an angel said to the shepherds, go to the barn, because there you will see lying in the manger a little baby swaddled in cloths. As Christian Lutherans, this is what we believe. By grace, we have been saved through faith. And it is a gift of God, lest anyone should boast.
as unbelievable, as irrational, as foolish as some try to convince others that it is to believe that. This is what Christmas Eve is all about. For by grace, for by grace you have been saved through faith. It is a gift of God. I hope that gift, I hope that present is not only under your Christmas tree, but is also in your heart. That you have opened that present under the tree and experienced this gift. By grace, we are saved through faith. I started out by saying Christmas Eve sermons are sort of difficult. Uh, this one's over. Uh, <laughs> what more can I say? One thing. Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. to you. We will receive the offering as the choir blesses us in song.
As the offering is brought forward, let us join in the prayer. Heavenly Father, as you gave your Son, Jesus, as an offering to us, on this holiest night, we bring our offering to you, the gift of our love. As you have blessed us, we ask your blessing upon this offering. In the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. As you light your candle, I ask you to dip your unlit candle into the one that is lit, and then follow my lead, as we will not begin singing Silent Night 
until all of our candles are lit.
traditions so that we can focus our celebration on your birth. Thank you for being the Prince of Peace. We pray for your peace to reign in our hearts. Thank you for the simple but life-changing message of your love for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Christmas Eve. Uh, a lot of you I do not recognize. Uh, in fact, uh, I don't even recognize a lot of people who are members of this church because I've only <laughs> been here two months. And so I'm trying to get acquainted. Uh, we are so glad if you are members and I don't recognize you or if you're visiting and, and obviously then I don't recognize you. Whatever the case, uh, we certainly welcome you and are so happy you're here. This woman standing right here. Raise your hand, Mickey. Raise your hand. She and I were partners in a church once upon a time, and she was a wonderful, wonderful partner in ministry. And she and her husband surprised us tonight by coming here. So thank you so much for coming. Um, Are they from Newburgh? The, where are you from now? You're from Dundee, and I mean from Dayton? Salem? Salem. But you still have a, an address, own house in, in Dayton, yeah, from Salem, yeah. Uh, they are going to go to a party down in Newburgh with friends. Uh, that's where we were working together. They have a short drive. My wife and I have a longer drive. We're headed uh, to Olympia, Washington to go to church. <laughs> I'm going to sit in the pew tonight at 11 o'clock and make faces at the pastor. <laughs> I'll bet you'll be up with the children's sermon. Uh, no, it won't be. Anyway, <laughs> um, God's blessing on you as you gather as family and friends this joyous Christmas season. On this most holy night, 
May God grant you the light of Christmas, which is faith, the warmth of Christmas, which is love, the belief in Christmas, which is truth, and the joy of Christmas, which is peace. Go now from this place to celebrate with family and friends the wonder and the mystery and the love of Christmas, Jesus living in our hearts. Go in peace, serve, and share the gift of Jesus. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God.